So the question you really want to ask yourself first is, what's more important, getting the best price or getting owner financing? And the answer could be both. But do you want the best price and owner financing together? Now that's the best formula, right? It's not one or the other. It's both. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks. My name is Marco Kozlowski and I'm joined with Gabriel Araish out of Montreal and Franca Galluccio or Francesco Galluccio out of Toronto, where we will be helping you today uh, unmask the cobwebs, get rid of the cobwebs around uh, perhaps how to get owner financing on a property. And of course, if you have not yet listened to, let me say this again, if you have not yet listened to, have a little tongue-tied today, 20 dwarves took turns doing handstands on the carpet. There we go. Now I'm eloquent again. If you go back to the first 10 episodes, you will learn how uh, our what our philosophy is, how we're able to develop skill sets to be able to use and leverage other people's money using asset-based lenders or individuals that have cash that need high returns for their cash, doing them a favor. We're never peddling for money. We're always doing someone actually a favor by using their money and helping us build a tremendous amount of wealth at the same time in cash flow to be able to do whatever the hell you want, whenever you want around the world, no matter where you live. So if you live in Timbuktu in Africa, or you live in South America, or in Montreal, doesn't matter. You can... Um, buy properties in the U.S. using none of your own money with the right tax structures to be able to also minimize tax and your liability. And of course, using no money, it would be zero risk as well. So anywho, that's a lot of things to say in a very short period of time. Again, uh, if you absolutely love our podcast or want uh, to uh, contribute with ideas, send us an email at marco at com. I will um, have someone take a look at it. And if it makes uh, tremendous sense, we'll actually create an episode on it. And today we are going to be discussing... What are we going to be discussing, boys and girls? How to get seller financing. Boom, boom, chicka, boom, boom, boom. Yep. And who would like to start? I no, could I start. Uh, or right. Gabe, whatever. You want to go? It depends where you're going to start. <laughs> I was going to start from the beginning. Where do you start? <laughs> Actually, I, I was just going to tell uh, basically uh, my story on my first owner finance, how it c came to fruition. So you can go ahead. Then wait. Yes, that's it. I, I'm Seller financing is an interesting animal because... Most people view seller financing as you need it because you have no money. And that's the first step that you have to kind of get a around before you can even think, not do or get, but even think about seller financing. And you have to understand how the seller in this case, who you're going to look for to help bridge the gap, is going to view you. So if you come into the equation and you're just, I'll buy this uh, and you're going to, you know, hold a second mortgage or you're going to, you know, lend me the down payment. There's so many ways I've heard this said. And the seller, if they don't think you have any money, why would they lend you their money? Why would they even put their own money at risk? And not only are they putting it at risk in general, but they're putting it at risk as a second mortgage. So they're behind another lender who's going to have precedence. You know, if you default, the first lender is going to be able to take back the property, not the second mortgage holder, in which case, in this case, it's going to be the seller, financer, or your seller. So the most important part is at the beginning is to establish your position that you're going to be buying this property 
you know, in cash. You, you don't need them. You just, you know, you have access to capital and you're going to use it. And the only reason that you're going to get seller financing at the end is because the seller is going to have decided that's how the deal is going to end. Not because you decided. You're going to position it in a way that they get to decide that, but the seller is going to make that decision and not you. So, what does that mean? It means that I'm telling you, let's say you know, the seller's asking $1 million for their property and we know that we have to buy it for you know 700,000, they want a million and now we start negotiating. You know, Obviously we start a lot lower than 700 because we wanna pay 700, they start at a million and they work their way down. Eventually, and we've talked about this in the past and the reason we talk about this a lot, which is the impasse, is because it's the beginning of everything else that can be magical when you're doing a real estate deal. So you have to reach this impasse. So eventually they're coming down and they say, hey, we can't come down anymore. And you're like, well, you know, if you want an all cash purchase, you know, we can't go up higher than this amount. We can't meet you at your number. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't meet, you know, our checks and balances and we can't do it. And then is where seller financing can eventually be thought about because there's this gap that needs to be bridged and this gap is a gap that's created, yes, by you, but really it's been created by the seller saying, hey, I'm not going to come down under this number. And they have this fish on the hook here and they don't want to let go. So the only way that that can work is with the seller helping you in a different way. They can't come down on price. That's okay. Well, you know, we can't pay you more than that in cash because the numbers don't check out. We can't do it. It's just, it's not that we don't want to do it. It's in the cash not available. It's just that the numbers or the returns on your deal are don't make it that we can use our cash to buy it. it the returns are just not good enough. And that's where seller financing discussions come in. They now know that you can buy this property in cash and that the numbers on their property are the problem. So that now if they want what they want, they're going to have to do something for you. And that something for you is going to be or turn into seller financing. And I think, Frank, if you want to give your example, because I'm pretty sure that's exactly how you got there. I did. But in the end, it's a seller will give you financing or vendor take back. There's so many words for it because it suits them. In my situation, it started with Marco has a three-day event. It's called uh, Ninja Creative Financing. And that's where I, I first explored this new skill where you know to, to have the seller finance uh, you know partial or in full so sometimes the seller in my scenario on one of my deals the seller wasn't actually in second they were actually in first position because they wanted because it suited them so yes we compress the gap so you get to a certain point and then once you get there i realized on this particular deal that i uh, acquired with marco actually that i was partnered with i noticed that he was three partners and i noticed he was the money guy of the partnership and I just simply asked him, hey, what are you doing with the money after the sale? And that's a question that's part of Marco's process. What are they doing afterwards with the money? And he's like, shit, I don't know. I guess I got to find another property to finance because he wants to make money on his money. And I had a great idea after attending Ninja Creative. I go, fuck, why don't you just leave it here and we'll pay you. And he's like, you know what? Yeah, that's good. And then that's when we started negotiating the terms and terms of things. So it suited him. So his partner stiffed them. They didn't pay him. But he had this problem. He's like, okay, now I'm going to sell this asset where I was making passive income. For him, it's a passive, right? Because he was a money guy. He wasn't involved in the day-to-day -day operations or even with the managers. He was the, just a money guy. Now he was getting that money back. And he has another problem. Yes, he got rid of that problem. He's got rid of his partners. That's what it was. It was a divorce of the partnership. But now he's sitting on that money that's doing nothing for him, which is terrible because he was used to making money. So we just proposed it. And it said, you know what? Fuck, yeah, I'm in. 
and he got first position. So that was where, that's how that deal cut out. And he was in first position. He loved it so much. And we just recently sold that, Marco, that property just in November. Uh, we optimized it. We made a little, you know, we made some coin. Over, over six, six figures. figures on it. We made some coin along the way. We made some coin at the close. You know, you, you can't live on it, but yeah, it's gas in the car and closing it, the It case. was good. And we gave the next person the opportunity. There was still an upside left over, so we gave that person an opportunity to, to optimize the property. So he got that property back. What Logically, what I did is like, hey, what are you doing with the money now? I was like, I'm looking for a place. So now I have a money partner, and we talked about this in our previous episode about Power Team. Now I have a money partner that's willing to, and trust me, because I've been paying the guy you know we've been paying the guy for the last four years i think or three years on that property and he's content we haven't missed a payment without, without fail. fail never missed a payment always but on he, time, he, always taking care of the guy and even at the onset like before he made the decision i mean he could have just said no right but he said yes because of the way you went through the whole process he trusted that you were a real buyer he trusted that you've done this before many 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 times he he was comfortable with you as a buyer right there's definitely a process to doing this correctly because uh, if I were just to rewind the tape just for a second, I can't tell you how many people come to uh, my class for the first time and they see an ad on for sale by owners somewhere on the internet and it says owner financing and they're all excited about it. They're all goo goo gaga. Oh my gosh, this is owner financing. This is the best thing ever. So the question you really want to ask yourself first is what's more important, getting the best price or getting owner financing? And the answer could be both, but do you want the best price and owner financing together? Now that's the best formula, right? It's not one or the other. It's both. So I uh, recommend that everyone starts, as Gabe said, uh, first positioning yourself as a buyer. I don't need owner, if, even if they propose owner financing, I don't need to borrow money I already have. I need to use my money. I don't need to use yours. Compress the gap, getting the best possible price, getting to an impasse where we just can't agree on the numbers. I'm just repeating what Gabe, Gabe said here. And then going into owner financing mode because we're at an impasse, because we just can't see eye to eye on that number and then now we're owner financing a much lower number which is lowering our payments lowering everything else and increasing our cash flow so it's a much better strategy to do that and again why does someone discount to begin with or owner financing owner finance because it suits them if i'm selling on owner financing which i do if i'm selling a property on owner financing it's going to be at top dollar with a large deposit down and if you don't pay, I get the property back very quickly. So all the paperwork is designed really to help someone that wants to get into a property, but they're paying premium prices because I'm doing them a favor. And they're going to have to have some skin in the game because I want to make sure they're actually going to be committed. Versus when I'm buying on owner financing, I'm going to have, they're most likely going to pay me to take over the property because I'm doing them a favor. As you know, I've taken multiple properties over where I've been paid five, six figures to actually take over debt or to take over the project or take over the problem multiple times. And I'm going to say this again. I've been paid by sellers to take on the property. They actually wrote me a check to help them out because it was such a burden for them. They would rather write the check and be out of the property and be done with it. Just like someone getting divorced. I want to write a check to get this person out of my life. I want to write a check to get this building out of my life. So, and for those who don't believe that, I've been on the other end of that here in Montreal where I had to write a check to the bank so that I can sell the property to someone else at a lower price. So this does happen and happens often, sadly. I learned my mistake. Never made that again, but it happens. Did Marco buy it? Oh, no. It's a no. Quebec. He didn't buy that there. No, no, no. no, no. But you're basically no. buying. Listen, guy. in the end, you're basically buying the other person's problems. So they're like, you take it. You know, They got the cooties. You take it and I'll pay you to take it, in essence. 
But the problems aren't actually problems. They're problems because they don't know the solution. They don't have the skill set to take care of the problem that's there. They don't understand the opportunity that they're giving up, and it's not their skill set. If you're a dentist and you have, you know, you bought this property because you know you put your your credit on the line because your partner said this was going to be a great deal and you trusted your friend and they wrote this check and it's just been bleeding money, bleeding money, bleeding money. I mean, you're writing a check every month because they just don't know how to manage it. The manager's been stealing and you can just write a check and have someone else take care of it and it's the last check you ever write. Holy shit, that's a godsend. And there's actually ways of searching for those exact properties and just getting as many as you want. We're not going to discuss this on a podcast. That's for you know those that really are committed to learning the skill sets necessary and are going to do work. This is not get rich quick. If you don't learn these skills, you're going to lose. You're going to be in the same position that this guy was that you know had to write a check to get out of it. So uh, we really want to use these skill sets to those for those that really put in the time, the effort, and the energy to actually apply in a responsible way this information because you can hurt people with some of the information that we do give if you're not careful and some of the technologies that we use on psychology can really be hurtful as well if, if you're not careful or not responsible so anywho landing the plane you know it's important to just know what you're doing and do it right Frank. No, I was going to say some of these owners, what they did, I know with uh, one particular one, because they were so content, they were getting paid, uh, their money was working for them. They got rid of their problem. They got rid of their, you know, his other partners. He actually, you build that relationship and he was actually willing to lend more and because money talks to money in the end. So that's how you, it's not, not the domino effect, but that's how you grow your network of um, gap lenders or people like, this is truly private financing. It's like, hey, I got more or I have access to more, which came up where they can get you know access to cheap money, either through their line of credit, whatever they have. And if they can make money on the bank's money, they're like, Frank, you know, can you park this somewhere for me? And so I can make money. So now it's turning into what Marco said before, I'm doing you a favor too versus I'm doing the seller a favor now. I'm doing the seller a favor because I'm making them money as well. And they're happy as long as you're paying them, of course. Also tax structure. If someone sells a property and if you understand tax and there's uh, they're getting clawed back with their depreciation uh, schedule where they're going to have to pay the IRS large sums of cash, there are ways of deferring that tax over a long period of time where it's m much more palatable. And if you understand tax structure, which... Of course, we also teach with the tools of owner financing. You can actually buy a property for a lot less and the seller make a lot more. So it's not the gross number that they sell the property for that matters. It's the net to the seller at the end of the day that matters. So if the seller was able to, let's say the seller sold it to you for a million, but they actually lost money or they sold it to you for $500,000 and made $100,000, what would they choose? The million dollars or the 500000 and pulling out a hundred, which is better for the seller, yeah, uh, which is better for us. Out, of course, the lower. Ex exactly. You know, um, so it's understanding, you know, all the, not only what's in it for us, which is usually why people get into owner financing, right? It's me, 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 I need this, I need this, <clears throat> I need that, versus how can I really serve the seller at the highest level so we all win. So we're not, you know, me against them. It's us all together that, you know, we can yeah, do something I don't know together. whose deal it was. I don't know if it was yours, Marco, or Gabe, but it wasn't one scenario where the seller says, 
all owner finances because he doesn't want the money because he was going through a divorce and the divorce finalized in two years or something like that. Uh, so he didn't want Stella's okay, deal. So, okay, no, there Stella. you go. Yeah, and we got a second at three point five percent deferred interest for two years. Yeah. On 76 so it units. suited yep. the seller because they didn't want the money go no please don't give me the money because it's not the irs is going to take the money it's his ex-wife's going to take the money so it's like don't pay me for two three years both. and i'll hold back and that's actually the ex-wife they were both it was the irs and it's they would put them into a higher tax bracket if they took okay. the cash yeah and it was a decision so and that was not even on the table until we discussed it because they were married to that amount of money and then i said well wait a second if you get this cash isn't that going to Will it bump you up in tax? Ask your CPA if you got that cash, what your tax implication is going to be. And when they said, oh, that's actually never thought of that. And then they asked their CPA and they went, holy shit, if we take the money now, we're really screwed. We're actually not even going to get the money. We're going to have to write almost a check with what, with the divorce and everything else and the separation of the assets. It's the wrong time to do this. And my CPA suggested that we wait two years. So it wasn't even me that said it. It's their authority that told them what to do. And we wanted to have zero interest because I always start at zero or, you know, you pay me to take on the project. That's where I come from always, you know, worst they can say is yes. And it turned into a three and a half percent interest over two years. You know, payments deferred, just accruing. So they didn't have to report on their taxes that, you know, that income that was coming. Exactly. In. So but you knew to, you knew so to many- ask that. That's the thing. You had the skill sets new to ask that there may be a tax implication because you've been there. You, you, had, you came across sellers where they had tax implications, divorce implications, personal taxes versus capital gains, or whatever the scenario, 1031 exchange, things like that. So you knew to ask through your skill set. Let me ask. Let me poke. And let's see what suits them. And they're like, holy shit, you did them a solid. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 What are we missing here? I don't think so. Anyway, if any of you have uh, the listener, awkward silence, awkward silence. If any of you as a listener have questions on this stuff, of course, uh, email me uh, Marco at com. If you're going to email me, you know, what should I eat for breakfast? We're not going to give you a response. Obviously, we're, you know, we get hundreds and hundreds of emails and we have to siphon, you know, the ones that are warrant a intelligent response. And I'm not saying that you're going to send a dumb one, but we do get a lot of weird ones. So just know that if we don't respond, it's not because we don't love you. It could be buried as well. But uh, happy to obviously get you on the right path to learn how to get the best possible deals and owner finance them at the same time. And there's so many ways of doing this and so many questions to ask. And it's not because necessarily I have 22 years of experience in my own world, but when we mentor, we have thousands of years of experience now because with the students that we have and that we're overseeing, we see hundreds. Every day is like, a hundred days or a year because we see everything that's coming in all these mistakes being made every day so it's really like a thousand years of experience and i I don't want to sound like yoda but we just it's compounding all the mistakes and all the things that we would never even think of that would happen happen and it's leveraging our education by seeing all the things that are happening at the same time so it's a very exciting position to be in from the top here where all three of us are really seeing what's going on and since you've been helping and mentoring in you know with me i know you both of you have learned tremendous amounts by being in the you know in this position so we're very blessed to be able to help those that want to be helped on how to really effectively get owner financing because 
yeah, it's cool, but sometimes owner financing is actually not so good if you're overpaying or the terms suck. There's actually better ways of buying it. So if you know what you're doing, owner financing is a very phenomenal tool. And if you don't do it right, it's actually going to bite you in the ass. You're going to overpay and you're actually putting yourself in danger. So be careful because ignorance is very expensive. And uh, we appreciate you very much for being here. And again, like it, love it, share it. And if you have not listened to the first 10 episodes, please do. And uh, of course, leave a comment if you have not already, because we love your positive uh, five-star comments. They're phenomenal. We appreciate those. I think that's all we have so far. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, many more. So thanks so much. Have yourselves a phenomenal day and just apply this information so you can build the skill sets necessary to have the life that you deserve of abundance. Have a great day. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.